Good evening, Anchor Nation. That was Hemorrhage by Fuel, brought to you by 107.3 The Fox. I'm your host, Aaron Rollins. Thanks again for tuning in to my podcast, Southeast Third, where we do it live and we do it ad-free. Moving along. Today wasn't a good day. It's a good day in the sense that I'm still above ground. I'm not homeless. Heck, I'm on this podcast. I, uh... I got a lot to be thankful for. I'm doing well in very many respects, but... You know, there's these things that happen to you throughout your time, whether you're at work or school or at home, that, that sort of just kind of rob you of that positivity that you may have had or maybe just that neutrality and it brings you down below the zero into the negative negativo as I call my brother and that was work today I I took this job hoping for a better balance so that you know I can still go to school and work without suffering anyway I had to pause for a second there um yeah, so, you know, I got a lot to be thankful for. Things could be, you know, be a lot worse. And I've had a lot worse in my life. I've had to live out of my car. I've been jobless and broke. And um, I just, I've been through my ups and downs is what I'm saying. And just after today, I realized, you know, why specifically from my experience, why people don't want to do healthcare in general because and it's it's not always the patient care sometimes the patient care is really rough uh some young person dying of cancer a young person dying and there's really no explanation from it somebody suffering from some sort of painful disease and you just can't fix it you know those can those can really mess with you and um you know you you learn to adapt over time you find ways to cope with that kind of uh loss you know and that helplessness that you feel when you do everything you can to save someone and they don't make it. And, um, you know, there's obviously extremes to that. Like in the military, you can't save them all. Being in combat, there's some times where uh, I really wish I could have done more. But, you you know, you can't dwell on that stuff. The, The stuff that you end up dwelling on is you know how you interact with your coworkers and how they interact with others like the patient care I'm a veteran I've said that several times I'm not afraid to admit that I, I try not to you know paint that on all over my social media or my clothing or my car or whatever um, you know I'll, I'll broadcast it on my podcast but that's really the only place that I'm like, you know, public about that um, you see a few pictures on Facebook and that's really about it um, and I work for the VA and there, there are some really solid VAs out there that I've heard about some some fantastic places that take the best care of their veterans and there's, there's no place in the world that doesn't have uh, its share of problems there's no place in the world that doesn't have some sort of um, friction between co-workers and patients or co-worker and co-worker and what I've seen is that yeah the patients can be hard 
Um, they'll cuss you up and down. They'll try to fight you. And they'll be high on drugs or drunk, and they're not making any sense. Um, a patient came in today that I had a history with in the ED that I thought I could get through to him, but he was so drunk. He was six times over the legal limit. Um, almost seven. Uh, yeah. Almost seven times over. The, almost. Um, actually, I think he was seven times. Because it was 0.54%. Uh, 0.08 times seven. No, that's 56. Um, anyway, so... He was he was 54% BAC. Uh, it was yeah. We, there's a me and the nurses were we're talking about that. We were talking about you know his ethanol level and the BAC content and how that equates. And, um, seeing him again was wasn't easy, and I, I tried to get through to him, but you know when you're that drunk, there's not, nothing's gonna break through. You you can't perceive reality like everyone else. Um, he tried to grab the nurse. He tried to you know rip stuff out of his arm and he's just not he's just not himself when I see stuff like that for some people that's too much the nurse that was taking care of him had PTSD from when she was abused by somebody when she was pregnant not sexually but physically abused somebody like beat her up or something I don't know um, she touched on it very briefly and, and I, I didn't hear the whole story but you know for her seeing stuff like that is hard for me it just rolls off my shoulder when somebody's you know rude and, uh, and ugly to me and they're a patient I I Usually, not always, but I usually let it go. Um, what's hard for me is when it's a coworker because I treat other coworkers at a degree of respect and appreciation that I expect to receive in return, and I just I just don't get it enough. Um, there's this short blonde chubby lady that I was working with today that showed me some appreciation that really really made me feel like some of those warm fuzzies that I had before when I did something good in the ED. Um, she had a problem with a piece of plastic that was stuck. It was a, an IV tubing connection that was um, hard to, to untwist and disconnect. And so I went in there and uh, I was able to pull it off for her. It took a little bit of work, but um, we got it. And it made her patient care better because when it was installed, when that piece of plastic was on, it made his IV fluids painful. So taking that off and fixing that with a J-loop, and if you know anything about IVs, you know what a J-loop is. Um, we replaced a component with a J-loop and that made it better for him to receive his injections without pain. And she, you know, she was like, you really saved me in there because that was really bothering him. So I appreciate that. And, um, you know, there's another nurse the other day that I showed how to to do sutures and, and uh, it was just the basics you know interrupted um simple interrupted tie nothing major stuff that you would do on you know somebody that uh cut their hand on a knife or, or um a piece of glass or whatever real simple but it just felt nice to be looked at as a colleague rather than a resource or an obstacle um so i you're going to hear me talk a lot about women on the podcast, but that's because most of the most of the employees at the VA are women. So the majority of me having a problem with somebody is it's going to be high. It's going to be a woman. Um, and that's what's happened here recently. So fucking the nurse from the ICU is 
uh, trying to get report and she's giving me shit even though I'm the middle man I was just like I really wish I could do more for you but the, the charge nurse isn't available and neither are the other nurses it's like, but she's the charge nurse yeah she just put on a gown and, and went into another room I thought she said she was the charge I did and she just put on a gown and went into somebody's room and she's getting exhausted because she is a policy person she goes by policy and the policy says that when they're transferring a patient they've got an hour and the hour is coming up so she's trying to push and push and get it finished and you know they got to look out for themselves everybody's got to look out for themselves because you know when you're dealing with a large institution it's hard to have an advocate for everybody so sometimes you got to be your own advocate and you know I, I can't judge her but I'm like I'm just the fucking middleman I there's there's not a lot of control that I have I answer the phone, I give the information to the people that are supposed to have it. If I can catch something, then I'll fix it. Um, like a supply issue or somebody's name that needs to be uh, involved in patient care. Um, when we were talking about that guy being drunk, uh, I said, yeah, he's at the alcohol poisoning level. So he's, he's got alcohol poisoning right now because he's had so much liquor. And, you know, that sparked up the nurse's concern for his safety and that he shouldn't even be... He should be. He should have been, and what their concern was is that he should have been in the intensive care unit. And um, you know that that happened early in the day, and that kind of funked my mood up. And you know, then the tempo picks up, and I'm having to answer all these calls, and I'm having to print all these things out. I'm having to go into different patient charts and do all this work. And you know, the work's not the problem, but I, I was hoping to have some fucking time to do these assignments that I've got to do. You know, I'm I'm struggling in genetics, and it's like. It just doesn't feel like it's worth it anymore. You know, I'm, I'm calling. There's a set of lab orders that I get dropped, you know, at 10.30, 10.40, or no, not 10, 11.30, 11.40 at night. I don't pick up on it until then because, you know, the systems are sluggish. It takes time for that stuff to populate. And I call down and people are getting pissy with me because for me to notify them at that hour means that they're going to be on overtime for that. And I was like, I don't know what you want me to do. And I, they act like I should have known what to do in that scenario, but I, I don't. It's a stat order. An order, stat means do it now. Not when you feel like it. Not when it's fucking convenient for you. The doctor needs to know what's going on as soon as possible with this patient's blood level. In this case, it was a troponin. That has to do with heart function. For those of you that don't know a whole lot about blood chemistry... They're checking somebody's heart function to make sure that they're not going to have heart complications and that the medications that they're giving them are actually working. That's important. And for some people, they're like, well, it's not a code. It's not a, an ICU patient. They're not dying. So it can wait till the next shift comes in. And I was like, I'm not going to be the one to call that in because I saw it now. I have to do something about it now. I can't just ignore it now. I, I've got a call, and if I don't call, there's nobody that comes in after me. So I don't know who's going to call on that, that motherfucker. And I've seen people wait in the goddamn ED hours and hours to get the care that they were supposed to have. And, and, you know, people can argue all day long that it's not critical. It's not critical. I can respect that. But the point is, you don't go to the fucking hospital to wait eight hours just to get a fucking x-ray. You don't go to the hospital for six hours just to get some fucking blood work.
and you know, and that attitude right there in that moment was, well, I need to get out of here. I need to take care of me. This person's issue, you know, is going to make my life more difficult because I'm going to have to stay late. This person is fucking sick. When you've got elevated your pony levels, that, that affects you. It's not something that you can just fight through and suck it up and get better. He's admitted to the hospital for that reason. Elevated troponin levels. Congestive heart failure. This, if, if we don't catch something at the right moment, this motherfucker could die. And yet people would just want to fucking go home. You know, having to... And this... You know, when I'm here, it's like this shit is everywhere. You know, that I've, I've been seen into the VA and it's discouraging me because these veterans, I care about them. I'm a veteran. I want them to get the kind of care that I would want. And the people that get hired on at this place, they're, they're just not resilient. They're selfish. And I'm seeing it time after time after time. And, and I don't want a few bad apples to ruin the bunch. But there's just so many bad apples. It's such a huge population of employees that I'm like, y'all, y'all just need to fucking close this place down. Y'all need to close this place down and start over. Start with the director. Kick his bitch ass out because he's not fucking doing what he needs to be doing. And why do I know that? Because in the past, there's been a pattern established. A director comes in, they enact policies and plans that improve patient care and production in the hospital. And within two years, they move on. This motherfucker's been there for almost six years. He's there three times longer than any other director in recent history. What's his fucking problem? I can tell you, he's not worried about fucking improving patient care. He's worrying about how people perceive us and following policy. That's it. Just like every other fucking congressman out there, all he's worried about are the metrics. And I have had it. I've had it with that shit. Once again, I'm wondering if this shit is worth it. And this is why people don't want to go to a fucking four-year nursing program or eight years of medical school or, you know, whatever program that people are getting into today to, to be a professional. Because when they get there, their employees are going to be bitter and selfish and fucking rude, and they're not going to want to have to deal with it. They want to go into business for themselves or fucking make an OnlyFans. It's... I mean, I can't blame them. Why the fuck would you want to do this day in and day out? Because you care about your veteran? Okay, I care about my veteran too. I am a veteran. I care. But I don't want to do this every goddamn day. There's some days that I I just want to fucking leave. Because I'm I'm powerless. That's it. Let's get to the bottom of it. There's I, I can't buck back against these people. One, they're in a different apartment. Two... Even if they were in my department, I don't have any sort of supervisory authority. Three, when it comes to complaints against people at the VA, and I think in in the government in general, you have to go through very specific channels. You can't just have an informal meeting with somebody to rectify disciplinary issues, which they did in the military on a regular basis. We had... You know, somebody of a lower pay grade disrespect somebody of a higher pay grade. Oh, yeah, we did an informal meeting. And that's where either we got up in your ass in private or we did some PT until you got the idea. And if you didn't change your attitude, that's fine. But you're not going to do that shit again. Guarantee that. But we can't do that here. And it's so aggravating 
You know, the part of me that wants to be confrontational and set these people straight wants to come out, but it's like you you get in that position here, the cops get involved. And I already let loose one time and the cops had to escort me outside. And it's like, there's going to come a time where I'm not going to be able to keep my mouth shut. And I don't like that feeling. I... Excuse me for a second. <clears throat> I've struggled with anger management for most of my life. And I come back to this place because it's a good employment opportunity. They pay okay. I'm able to do some of my work on the clock. There's benefits. But you know, there are times where people just fucking... St- rub me the wrong way and I want to come down their goddamn throats. In this case, I didn't do anything wrong. And this lady fucking copped attitude with me and clicked on me like I was insulting her. Or just me calling was was an insult. Like, I, sh- I should have known not to pick up the phone. What do you want? Um, I'm calling in a stat order. You know, I don't, I don't mean to... What do you mean, what can I do? There's something I can do here? I'm just letting you know. And she tried to insinuate a couple of things like, you know, you wait till after 12. I was like, I'm not here after 12. Are you trying to tell me to wait until after 12 to call it in so the next shift will handle it? Are you trying to tell me to ignore it so that the next shift will catch it? I'm not doing that. That's uh, negligent of patient safety needs. This is a stat order. Oh, I, I got it tripped up. Um, I was talking about troponin and uh, congestive heart failure. This was a venous blood gas on somebody that obviously had respiratory issues. Regardless, um, when you do a stat order on any blood work, it's because the patient uh, could potentially become critical if you don't take care of it. So anyway, um, excuse me, my phone just went off. Um uh, all that to say, you know, I see why people don't want to fucking do this shit no more. Um, or they don't want to do it at all. They uh, they have to put up with people with this shit apt- attitude. And, um, you know, the problem is who gets hired in. You don't hire in resilient people. Because after a year or two or maybe even three, they're already shitheads disrespecting people because their time is getting infringed upon and they got to stay late for some reason or another. It's like, you know, if you don't give a fuck, I can appreciate that, but you are not in the right job for these people that need you. Get the fuck out of here. And I know that's hard to do because we're, we've got a, a short shorting in staff already, but the right people that fucking care that want to be in this for the right reasons, will get the job done. That's all I've got for tonight. I'm tired. I want to go to bed. So, thanks y'all for tuning in. I appreciate you. Thanks for letting me get this off my chest. I needed to fucking talk to somebody. This has been Aaron Rollins with Southeast 3rd. I'm signing off.